Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Guys, welcome back to Bashmania episode 130, brought to you as always by our friends at Attack. Corby, do you know about the Attack app? I do. It is a sick app. Uh, Brian Heller, who wrestled the Penn State, started it. He's brought in some great money guys, some great tech guys, some great marketing guys, some great athletes. And the app is just doing so well. I know a lot of what's coming up in the app. So if you guys haven't downloaded Attack, go download it. It's ATAC. Amazing app. You can train, compete, climb the leaderboard. It'll help you with your nutrition, help you with your fitness. Awesome app. So download Attack. Thank you, Attack, for sponsoring this. And today we have Corby, who I've become a fan of recently because I don't consume that much wrestling media. But when Willie started having you on his podcast, I don't even think you were on Twitter yet. No, I think you joined Twitter after. So I'm like, I don't know where Willie found this guy. <laughs> but like, before we talk Olympics and marketing stuff, uh-huh. where did you come from? Because you have a lot of relationships. Yeah, I do. So um, I was born and raised outside of Chicago and around uh, Northern Illinois University, actually. Um, So um, wrestled my whole life, started when I was five, um, continued, you know, coaching and mentoring kids. um, And then just, you know, never left the sport from, you know, the early 90s all the way up till present time. I've been around, I've been the Midlands, I've been the NCAAs, I've been the Opens, I've been all around. I miss the NCAAs so bad. I started going like six years in a row and then I didn't go this year because I got a press credential and they basically said like, yeah, you'll be in a press box. And I'm like, I'd rather sit in, in the nice place and enjoy it and work on the computer and do things. So I can't wait to get to NCAAs, but like people like you meeting guys like you at NCAAs and those tournaments, I can't wait to get back to it. So you are a wrestling brain though. You do have, (laughs) We had Eric Thompson on last week and you guys kind of yeah. remind me of each other a bit. And you guys have that same kind of just like, there's a lot of people who have a wrestling brain, but they're very pushy with my opinion is right. This is the way we were just talking about right. a couple people who kind of do that off air. But, you know, I, I listened to you on Willie's show or your, both your shows really. And I enjoy the take. So Chenzo's a bit busy today. I said, let's hop on. Let's talk. Yep. You and Willie did an awesome show today on the technical analysis of the matches, the brackets. And the thing that I wanted to go through with you was we'll go through the weights. And I want to talk mm-hmm. about two main things. One is I want to talk about the stories in the brand side of it. And two, 
the world team trial implications, because that to me, I know, I think Willie actually said it today. Like our brains are so like what's next. And it's a very quick attention span. And I think I'm kind of my ADD, no doubt plays into that. Also the marketing side of my brain, I get really excited to like the, the storylines, the, what if this, what now, like, that to me really excites me. And I think wrestling misses that a lot because traditionally you have companies like flow or track or even USA wrestling that are very focused on what they're doing. You don't have the, you don't have the bar stool of wrestling. You don't have the companies that are taking a little bit of everything. And I think you're starting to get that more and more now, but you haven't had the people that are like hyping events or hyping broadcast. And all through the Olympics, I'm like, the storylines are running through my head. There's like, I'm like, how are more people not thinking about this? And as I was tweeting stuff, I watched the reactions like, oh, I wasn't thinking about that. Like, I wasn't thinking about this. And there's a lot of conversations off air. Like you and I were, were talking, and this is a good segue into 57. We were talking about Soriano. You know, you have Gilman meddling at 57. And at the mm-hmm. same time, you have Soriano posting these like WWE style gimmick videos of like very, you know, somebody on Twitter was like very Y2J WWE 2000 S where it's like, what is he doing? And it's funny because you got to believe that these guys as Gilman medals, the 57 kilo guys are like, okay, do I stay home? Do I go 61? You know? And it's like, I'm sure you've heard all the rumors I have with, you know, everything from Soriano to Italy to Soriano Mm -hmm. to different schools. And it's like, you got to wonder behind the scenes, what's going on with some of these weights. And I, and I love what you said to today about Gilman with him winning that bronze meant so much to him. He's a very reserved guy emotionally. And you saw that emotion as he left the mat. He just let it out. That medal meant so much to him. I was just texting him. He wasn't even texting me back at the time. I'm just texting him like, let's go. Like you saw that emotion. So let, I guess let's start there with Gilman. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think Gilman, um, I think he's just that piece right in his life. I think finally, um, which the peace and the, and the, you know, winning a wrestling match is not the end of the world to him anymore. Where I think in the past in his, in his mind, that's what it was. And I think that, you know, um, you know, different outlooks hearing from different people being in, in, you know, different, you know, having a, having a baby on the way. Right. I mean, that'll change, that'll change your thought process right now. There's more important things, you know, the wife. And I mean, I think it just, it was, it was refreshing to see that, it meant so much. Like you could, you could just see everything he went through. Like you, like you said, you know, he's not a very emotional guy. You don't see it a whole lot, but you could just see that that meant so much to him. The adversity with the foot, the move, yeah. you know, everything that went into it. He, he's got the number one guy in the world on the ropes and, and gives it away. And then, you know, then he goes out, you goes out and almost loses that next match, which would have taken Gilman out. Yeah. Right. So the emotions you're going through, he pulls that off with seven seconds left to win, brings you back in. Now you got to go make weight again. You got to get two hammers. And he just came out fearless. I mean, the yeah. club to the knee pole lefty single was, 
I mean, it can't be stopped off the whistle start. I mean, yeah. it was so cool to see him open up, take shots, which tells me that's the free, right? It's it, he's free. It's there's, there's more things that matter to him in life now. And, and sometimes when it is the be all end all, it, it's, it's hard to open up, right? you you wrestle not to lose. You hear a lot of guys say that. And, and it's true. Yeah. You go out there and you, you try to hold back and, try to keep it close and win it at the end instead of just, Hey, let the fur fly. And, and I think I'm better if we get 10 exchanges, I think I can win six of them. Right. Yeah. So I think in America, we do that a lot. I think it happened to a few of our guys. I think if, you know, we get in there and, and just mix it up that we're going to come out on top more often. And we kind of let, let the Europeans and the international style guys play their game a little bit. Yeah. So I don't know, Gilman, man, I was so happy for Gilman. And I know, you know, a little bit of, you know, backside of what's been going on with him. And, and yep. so it, you know, it's refreshing, you know, I know the foot was a, was a main thing and it was surgery, no surgery. And so we opted no surgery and, and I don't think the foot will be an issue to keep him out of, of the worlds. Either. Have you heard? Okay. I, I haven't talked to him much. I just, I know Gilman and I just, you know, it's eight weeks away. The world championships aren't that far. And as soon as I heard Taylor say he was going, I figured, you know what? Everybody's going to go. It's it's such a rare opportunity. And it's so interesting to me, too. When you have these stories like somebody could be an Olympic champion, world champion the same year for the first time ever. It made me think about how this year, like I put the poll up that who would be the American OW, Taylor, Gable or Tamara? And the funny thing is, is like Gable got three to one votes of Taylor. It was like 60 to 20 to 15, something like that with a couple like others. And it's funny when you talk about how Gable winning overshadowed Dave's accomplishment. Now talk about a guy like Gilman. The one negative to us having so much success is an amazing story like Gilman's becomes like fifth, sixth, seventh biggest story of the wrestling Olympics because there are like, if Gable doesn't win, people are still not going to stop talking about David Taylor beating his Donnie for the third time, the biggest stage. And like, that is such a story. And I feel like it did not get nearly as much exposure. And I, it's going to be interesting to watch like how these guys brands evolve. Like I looked yesterday at all their social media followings and no surprise that Tamara Gable and Dave all got the biggest gains and guys like Gilman and, and girls like Sarah, I think like they didn't see that much needle being moved. But if this is a year where we don't have that much success, the Gilman story becomes that much of a bigger story. Like the guy was seven seconds away from winning the Olympic gold. It's an amazing story, his adversity, everything else. But in this world where we are having a group of success. It's so interesting to see the pros and cons to that. And I think one con is a story like Gilman's not being as big as I think it maybe should be. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's, it's an amazing story. Like you said, if, let's say we go and it's, we get two medals, right? It's like David yeah. wins and he medals. Well then yeah. he probably, right. That story's probably out there, but um, you know, and he's not, you know, Gilman's not a very big, I know you're trying to change this, but he's not a very big social media guy. I mean, he's just yeah. not on a lot. Right. Yeah. And um, 
So, I mean, I think he'll, you know, he'll turn the corner and probably start pushing that a little bit more. Um, and the funny thing you say that about guys gaining, how about Burroughs? Burroughs gained double, he gained double the followers of DT, right? And double the followers of Dake. I think Dake and DT together might've been 10 no, so each, I think. I tweeted it out. It was okay. Dake, and, Dake and Snyder each gained 10,000. There you go. And Jordan gained 20,000 commentating. That's what Dave yep. gained, Dave and Gable both gained about 40,000. And, you know, okay. I don't want to jump to 97, but when I was listening to you and Willie talking earlier, sometimes I literally, I, I talk to myself out loud all the time. I'm just a guy, like, if something's on my mind, I'll speak it rather than think it. So I'm listening to you guys in between two other calls. And I do agree that Snyder's arguably one of the most disrespected wrestlers in America. I also think, or would bring up in a conversation, how much of that is his own fault. Because he doesn't, he's made the decision to let his wrestling speak for itself, and he doesn't care about social media. When he was on this podcast, if anybody listening hasn't listened to that one, interviewing Snyder was was really cool on this podcast. But he said he's like he's not even on it. I think half his posts are just Rudis, you know, using his account and basically saying like we're going to post this. Is this okay? We're going to post this. Is this okay? Which is what happens with a lot of athletes. But to that effect, if you choose not to use social media and you choose not to work on your brand, there's no doubt in my mind that contributes to when you don't win a gold medal, having that disrespect. There's no doubt that he's being disrespected because he's around greatness and he's expected to, to win gold. It's kind of like what happens in the Penn State room where four guys win NCAA championships. It almost becomes a prerequisite. Like, Penn State kid, of course he does. I wonder with Snyder how much of that is his own, like, if he talked more, if he engaged more, would he alleviate a bit of that? Because with an approach like Snyder, it's the Jake Varner wins Olympic gold approach. There's a big difference in Jake Varner and Jordan Burroughs winning gold in 2012. And that's at large what they both wanted. Both of them are equally as happy doing what they're doing. And there's a huge gap in what their brands are. So I think personally, Snyder's okay with his brand. It's one of the top five biggest brands in wrestling. But I do think that part of that disrespect is that he's putting his brand 100% solely on competition versus interjecting where like a guy like David Taylor is, you know, tweeting out, posting behind the scenes, a guy like Dave, and now you're seeing it with guys like Gable and others, that are bringing you behind the scenes when they're doing that, they're humanizing the wrestler more. Whereas a guy like Snyder is making it so much about being on the map. And I do wonder is part of the disrespect we see for Snyder due to that, you know, due to just letting him on yeah. the map, be him on the mat. I think, I think you're probably right. I mean, with the, you know, obviously with the younger generation for sure, right? Because yeah. it's, everything's at their hands. And if they're not, it's a, you know, what have you done for me lately? Or what did I, you know, if they haven't seen you say something or do something in a day, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, who's this guy? I have a problem. I don't, I don't tweet a lot. It's all wrestling stuff. I'm new to it. Yeah. I've never had MySpace. I never had Facebook. I never had Twitter. It was my first social media account ever, <laughs> like, you know, on the show a couple of months ago. So, 
Um, I see where he's coming from. I think he's yep. just more of a quiet type. And that's just the, the way he's chose to do things where, um, you know, I mean, I think that he would rather, you know, like you said, let his training, let, you know, let his, what he does do the talking than, than doing it himself, which, you know, I can respect that. But like you yep, said, totally. in a day and age to where the brands are, you know, I mean, it's about your brand, right. In today's society. And, and I mean, heck, I mean, it's, I mean, NCAA now, I mean, they're, I mean, kids basically have an app, you yeah. know, where they can basically see, you know, Hey, what is my, what is an interaction going to call What am I worth? What is my interaction worth? You know, have you seen that? Yeah. And uh, it's very interesting, right? So it's kind of, they're giving these kids with the NIL uh, a gauge, right? So it, people were worried at the beginning and, you know, I, rightfully so. But, you know, what's market value, right? So market value is kind of being created by your followers in a sense, right? Okay, that's going to touch this many people. This many people are going to see it. And I know there's some national champs out there from last year that, you know, they won and people haven't really reached out to them with the NIL. And it's like, well, I mean, you have like 1,500 followers on Twitter or Instagram and you don't post much. That's where that's where the money's going to be made. It's it's who can you reach? Who can you Who's going to see what you say? And that's where I think the kids missed it on the NIL. And I don't, I know RBY didn't, and I know this is something that your yeah. business is, and this is what you do for a living. So you're yeah. very, very on top of this, but it was the guys who were able to build the brand and have the followers before yeah. the NIL came out. The guys that didn't, man, you're behind the eight ball right now. You're yeah, chasing and these guys are way out in front of you and it's going to be tough to catch them. You know, it, it was the guys that were set up. I mean, RBY crushing it. You know, you, Hey, you were announcing you were signing an athlete. Did you do that? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I knew you were coming out with that. I just didn't yeah, know. When. You know, it's like, you got a guy like Yanni. Yanni, I think Yanni Gable Spencer are a bad example because of their their world level success early on. But you look at a guy like Roman Gilman's got about 30,000 followers on Instagram. Roman's got like 130,000. That's wild because that sets you up to be able to capitalize more. And I'm curious now what happens with you're starting to see pods pop up. You're starting to see like mm -hmm. Iowa, for example, Ironside is like signed basically every top Iowa wrestler to an apparel deal. And it works out mm -hmm. very well for them. You're starting to see these pods. And I think people are starting to, I think people are going to start making the decision. Do I want to be the Snyder? Do I want to be the Burroughs? Do I want to be, you got to go by your personality. I could want to be Burroughs all day. There's only one Burroughs. Nobody's like him. There's just mm -hmm. the guy commentates and gains 20,000 followers. You know, it's like, so I think some of these people, and I wonder, like, to go back to 57 and Gilman, mm -hmm. I wonder which of these guys are now going to go up to 61, if nothing else, for relevance, right? Like, we are, what, we are such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society. So you got to wonder, do, do guys like Vito, Dayton Fix, Soriano, do they all go up to 61? I heard from a buddy of mine in Arizona that Soriano's as light as a feather. He's ready to take that 57-kilo spot. It sounds like he was staying light preparing for it. So can you build back up to 61? And I don't know if that's true or not. It's just what one person said. But you got to wonder, like, 
do you risk the loss at a higher weight? Like I know some guy's mentality Vito he'll be there at 61 because he can't be there at 57. He's just a warrior. He's got that in him. He wants to compete. You got to look at some of these other guys. Will Soriano be there at 61. Will fix be there at 61, you know, and it's a thing too, where Soriano doesn't seem to care about relevancy. I mean, he's very much like lives in the shadows, but with a guy like fix and NIL, Will that come into play? Will you start to see wrestlers make more appearances because now it's more beneficial financially? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you will definitely see guys, you know, make more appearances. Um, I think the red shirts are interesting, you know, for the NIL situation as well. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, cause they don't, they don't wear a school singlet. Right. So they yeah. could basically come out with patches of they could get sponsors from. Yeah. Right. They have to pay for their own oh, drive I, and their own entry fee. I would do it all day. If if a red shirt kid that I liked was like, hey, I'm going to go compete in this tournament. All right. Here's a bash mania. Here's a bash solutions. Here's a whatever singlet. Or it's like Corby Willie, you guys want to like, let's chip in. We'll sponsor this athlete. We'll pay for his travel. We'll do a Matt Scouts bash mania singlet, you know, like. Right that's a possibility and what wrestler wouldn't do that no 100 and you know and and some kids you know and, and you know and then down the road i mean down the road this is going to get sticky because you know hey a team may need a guy and the guy may be coach i'm red shirt and i make a lot of money this year you know what i mean and their plan might have been for you to run i mean this is down the road could get a little crazy and you're talking about i mean lambert's going to have a big play in things here i don't think people you know, he's going and giving every scholarship football player at Miami money. He's a guy that, you know, was in charge of America top team building the, you know, Bo, Bo's got that gym next to M2 America top team gym. You know, I, I, you know, Hey, Penn state's got it going right now. And, and uh, it's not going to, it's not going to stop. It's only the trains just going to keep rolling. I mean, they're, I mean, it's, it's set up really nice for them. The American top teams coming in the MMA gym. I mean, Lambert's doing that already for hurricane football. They're not the national champions, right? right. Penn state's won eight out of the last 10. You're telling me that down the road, his mind, they, the balls aren't rolling. You don't think that he's going to be paying Penn state wrestlers down the road. He's going to be, especially these guys who have the money. Like I'm starting to try to see what I can do to sponsor these wrestlers. Number one to help. And number two, it's like, okay, could the company benefit or how could the company benefit? And if you have a product and the money where you could benefit, it, it's no different than what we see with Milwaukee tool. Like these guys right. aren't out there building something saying, Hey guys, this saw is really amazing because of this, or you need this drill. They're just showcasing Milwaukee tools, you know, and I, you got to wonder if that's going to happen more and going back while well, we're talking about 57, 61 to trials. Yeah. I'm curious if you have an early pick for who you think with guys both coming up, you know, some guys like gross are going to be at 61. They've already said that, but now you have this pool of just like Vito Soriano, Dayton fix Joe Cologne gross. I don't think Roman will be there. I think the infection. I'll give you. Up. Yeah. I'll give you a guy. I don't know if he's coming down. I assume he will. I don't know that he wins it. But he's he will be in the mix, Nation. I see Nation coming back down. I don't know why he wouldn't. Yep. He tried to build up 65. He was really small. 
Um, also hearing Tyler Graff's name as well. Graff is training and he's, I think, going to be at trials as well. So that's an interesting guy who, who's high level. Two guys that, you know, when, when we're thinking about 61, I don't know if people are actually thinking about them. Right. So I'm kind of just trying to think of guys a little bit from the outside that could, yeah. that could make a run. Um, you know, and I don't think we'll see, I don't know if we'll see Corey Clark, um, or not at 61. I mean, it seems like he's kind of taking the route of, you know, he just got hired at Izzy style. I don't mm -hmm. know if he's just going to coach now. And it, it almost looks like Izzy's kind of recruited him to be one of his mainstays there. So I don't know, but I, I think my weight at the world team trials, like that's the one 61 kilos. I think 65 is going to be exciting, no doubt. But I think, you know, I've heard rumblings that some of the guys are, might be going up to 70. And I think, yeah. I think there's going to be some surprises with some of the guys that go up. I don't think people realize how bad that cut is and how much it impacts people. And I think we, we go to two extremes in wrestling. I think we say, and I think you brought this up on the show today, like the weight cut got dig. The weight cut got dig. A lot of people are saying that. On the other hand, you have the argument of like, nah, it's not the weight cut, it's X, Y, or Z. Like the mm -hmm. weight cut matters. And I think we as wrestling viewers tend to decide which one we lean towards because there's very obvious, like when when James Green beat Nolf at the open, I believe it was. I remember he told yes. me he was so yes. distracted. It was like 20, 2018, maybe. Mm -hmm. He was so distracted. He's like, I don't like this. I'd rather go up to 74. I don't like being just like worrying about my weight. So even when guys you're not suspecting are dealing with a weight cut issue. So I think 65 is going to kind of lean out. Like you said, you know, let's look at just Nashon and Ashnault. You got to assume Nashon's going down to 61, Ashnault back up to 70. I would correct, you know. I would think so. I think you're going to see 65 kind of spread out and then you're no doubt like that's going to be a fun way to watch. But for me, 61 is like the way. All right, guys, real quick. I want to take a quick break to tell you about our friends at Manscaped. If you've been following this podcast for a while, you know how much we love Manscaped as a company and their products. So guys, if you have not gotten Manscaped's new Lawnmower 4.0, it is amazing. They have an ultra smooth package that, um, or the ultra performance package that comes with this. It's got a weed whacker, get your nose, your ear. These things are priced so ridiculously well. Every single guy should have these in their bathroom. Get this lawnmower. It comes with different guards, it comes with this. 4,000K LED light. It's waterproof. You can take it right in the shower with you. It's made best for below-the-belt grooming, but these things are just awesome all around. So go to manscaped.com. Use promo code CHENZO, C-E-N-Z-O. Even though he's not here, the promo code still works. Promo code CHENZO, C-E-N-Z-O. He'll be back. Don't worry. But promo code CHENZO at Manscaped for free shipping and 20% off. Guys, they support this wrestling podcast. So if you're in need of a groomer, a trimmer, a nose hair, ear hair trimmer, go support Manscaped. You know, 70 might end up being a, a hell of a weight, right? I mean, James is going to be there. Deacon's going to be there. 
Um, Astronaut's going to be there. JO's going up. <laughs> Pantelio. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, I mean, Zane going up wouldn't shock me. Um, you know, um, who else? Uh, I, Berger, I, I think we'll be back at 70. Burger's going to be. So think about all those guys we just named that 70 might be the weight. Yeah, that really might. I mean, that could be the weight. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. We were talking about on the show too. It's like Willie was unaware of if they were going to compete the weights. I say they're not. I don't think they no, are. I don't, I don't um, think they are. I don't think they are either. I think they're just going to take the Olympic trials. If somebody gets hurt, it'll be a trickle down two, three to the Olympic trial final, you know, of yeah. our trials. And that's probably the right way. I mean, to get guys to compete, to get RTCs and clubs, spending money to send guys out to compete for a, uh, well, we're hoping somebody gets hurt. You know what I mean? We're not, we're yeah. not going to do that. So to me, I was going to go, but I don't, I don't know if it's going to be worth going. No, so Chenzo and I had talked about him coming out here because I have Bill season tickets. He's a Pittsburgh guy. The Steelers are in town. We were going to go to the Bill Steelers game. But then he's like, I might have to go to the World Team Trials now with Berger. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, man. It's like, you know, it's funny. As guys started meddling, which was great. I was so happy guys are meddling at the Olympics. On the other hand, I'm like, World Team Trials just got a little less appealing to me. World team trials just got a little less appealing to me. So it's kind of like bittersweet where it's like, you know, now certain weights aren't going to be contested. And, you know, as we talk about 70, Dake securing that bronze was so huge because now the whole 74 field, I don't know who can go down to 70 and who's going to try to beef up the 79, but you had so many great guys like Nolf is at 74. He'll probably go up to 79. What, a, what about a guy like David Carr? You know, what about <coughs> Griffith? Yeah. What about, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Chance will go up to 79. But as soon as one weight like 74 and, and Dake, and Dake's another story, by the way, I know we're all over the place. Dake's another guy okay. where his bronze medal is that story is like his loss is overshadowing him winning the Olympic bronze medal, probably because it was so shocking that he lost. But it's wild, man, how many of these stories are just like how they change as the Olympics plays out or played out. Right. Got like what's Massa do <clears throat> go up yeah. to 79, I think. Um, you know, so, yeah, yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of guys up at 79. I don't know too many guys at 74 that can really make 70. Right. I, mean, I know it's what I don't. That's 11. That's, I've never really seen pounds. a guy go down and be successful from 74 to 70. Mm -mm. normally yeah. it's like yeah. a cut that it's that it's it's not too but i mean with 79 and you know 79 is another weight while i say 61 is like the weight 79 i mean you could have a final x rematch with burrows and imar right out of the gate like that's going to be the favorite for a final which yep. bananas because, yeah i mean and mcfadden will be in there too right probably yeah 79 yeah yeah it's gonna so, be interesting yeah, that's wild. And as far as Dake's kind of story at the Olympics, you know, I think it's, it, it's, I don't think it's as good as Gilman's story because of how Gilman's loss and, and Dake's loss were. But again, these are stories that these are guys that, you know, Dake had an Olympic medal to his arsenal. That should be a bigger story than it probably is because of how much other success there was. Yeah, I thought, I think that was the biggest, uh, you know, every time, 
you know, it was always something big happens at the, Olymp at the Olympic games, right. And wrestling, you're like, I think this year that was the biggest, I mean, I think in the whole world, I mean, nation, I mean, worldwide, right. Internationally. I think if you ask the Russians, the Indians, the, if you ask the Iranians, if you ask everybody, they would say Dake losing was the shocker of the, yeah. of the whole event. So we were in shock as well, but I think everybody was in shock. Everybody was expecting Dake to make the finals. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I, speaking of guys going down from 74, you know, same thing with David Taylor at 86, the guys at 86, I don't think they can get down to 79. I think, you know, and you look no. at the guys there. I don't, I don't think we see Bo. I don't think we see Downey. Um, Darren Jersey, he can, can those guys get down to 79, you know, Aaron Brooks, no Carter, like, these are guys that are going to have to go up to 92. And I think you're going to see guys like Nate Jackson, who are the perfect 92 guy. And you have Jaden Cox at 92. <laughs> like, I know guys are just out of luck. How about that? The guy that blew weight at 97 is going to go down 11 pounds. I know it's wild. It, it, and those were like part of, you know, why I was getting so excited as people were meddling. It's like, you see, as soon as David Taylor medals, you, you kind of celebrate, you go through the whole thing, and then you start thinking about the implications. And he came out right away and said, I'm going to the world championships. And right away, if you're Zahid, if you're Derringer, and, and these guys are young. These guys aren't like, oh, I was really hoping to squeak one more out. These are guys in it that are focused on 2024. But you got to wonder, you know, going back to NIL, what are these guys going to do? Do they try to go up and just gamble a little bit? You know, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah, or do they, you know, or do some of them, some of them just say, just not go. They Maybe they're too small, right? Yep. They just, it's just not worth it. I'm too small, risk of injury, just not ready for that weight class. Yep. You could see guys, you know, pulling out for that reason. Um, it'll be interesting though, because, you know, the registration has been very light, yeah. obviously guys are waiting to see what happens. And now we have for the 15th, we have next Sunday, everybody's got to decide, am I going to worlds or not? We'll wait yeah. for Gable and Gilman. And then, um, but then I think you'll see registration pick up after, after that, which will give us four weeks till the event and give guys plenty of time. You know, if I could, maybe I hate, I could maybe, maybe see a guy, like Zahid try to get the 74, you know, 179, maybe. Um, I don't know for sure, but I could possibly see him trying that. Um, and 92, I mean, you know, it's going to be loaded. You're going to have, I mean, I imagine you'll see guys, I mean, Machiavello, you'll see more, right? I mean, does more come down? Yeah. Kaivan Gatson. You're yeah, going to see Colin a lot of these Moore. guys. Yep. I mean, right? Colin Moore's got to come down now, doesn't he? Here's a question for you. AJ Ferrari. Ooh, can AJ Ferrari? Yes, yes. And you don't know why I say that? Because I just saw a video or a, a tweet or something of him doing a flex with Richie Lewis. I saw that. Yep. Just he looks small. He yeah. looks he looks smaller to me than he has which tells me that he's on his way to 92. I I saw that and I I noticed his size and I was wondering 
he was on the podcast a couple weeks after he won NCAAs. Yes. And I believe he hurt. He had an injury or something he was working through. I don't know. if. Yeah. I don't know if that, I mean, you see the guy in the gym, he's not really staying out of the gym. So it's kind of like, you're not getting small because you're not lifting because you're lifting. So are you, are you trying to cut down? I mean, 92 is no matter what happened to the Olympics, he could have been planning this for months. Olympics right. is irrelevant to plan. I'm going to go 92 at the world team trials. And he's a guy who, you know, is thinking about NIL and opportunities. And I have a feeling what you're going to see with these guys, even though there's no pay for play performance bonuses. If somebody tells an athlete, here's your contract. And on the side, by the way, off the record, if you win, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars cash, whatever it might be. I would not, I would not be surprised if we saw that happen out of a mere, like, I want to hook you up. I think you'd see some of that. And I mean, you're, we're talking about a sport too, where deals were announced the day the NIL was announced. <laughs> Like people were clearly talking about it beforehand. This wasn't hundred percent. So I hope we see him. I mean, it's kind of funny that not funny, but there's some guys like the heavyweights quiz. You can't do nothing unless Gable announces he's not going. Right. Right. Which I mean, two Oh two, two Oh two. Right. I mean, that's so two Oh two is only, I mean, you'd think, Everybody thought he may be going up to heavyweight. No way. He's going to be a 97, which tells me by his size now that he he's probably looking at, you know, I mean, 202 pounds isn't isn't too far off of 97. I mean. I I would love if Braxton Amos and AJ Ferrari both go to the world team trials and we see a preview of what could be an NCAA final match. That's going to be a kid right there. Talk about a weight cut. People think it's. That's gonna be that's gonna be a pull for him this year. It's gonna affect. I mean, he's gonna have to shrink his body down. Yeah. Braxton Amos is a really big kid. Make a ninety-seven for him. We it's weird. I've taught. We're getting a lot of the in the era of the tweener man. It's really yeah. weird. We're getting so many two twenties and two twenty-five guys that can't get big enough. They're not tall enough to get up to real heavyweight, but they're a little bit too big for. 197 and i'm still not a guy that says hey we need a 220 or 225 because sure. we don't but you're getting into these you know these tweener guys and not everybody's kyle where they can weigh 227 and win heavyweight you know <laughs> so right. i mean that's not going to happen too often so these guys are you know like an amos right i mean he's a he's a true 213 guy you know yeah. cutting down to get the 213 so i mean 197 all year wouldn't surprise me if if you don't see, you know, Salami, other guys in the lineup at 97 for Wisconsin throughout the year, and he gets some he gets some matches off just due to weight yeah. cut, would, wouldn't surprise me at all. But Graxon, Am- I, you know what? That's a name I didn't. That's a name that I, I didn't think about for these trials. And you know what? I bet he goes Greco, too. Yeah, look at. It. I think Braxton Amos is one of those guys who you and Willie talked a lot about. Just guys who'd like to wrestle and guys who don't. Braxton Amos is a guy who likes to wrestle. He just wants every opportunity he can take to number one, compete and number two, get better. Braxton's going to do it. So as long as he can make the weight, wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, 
you know, he was the last chance qualifier, true second, I believe, which, which he qualified for. So I'd love to see him there. You know, it's funny too. Gable, you got to wonder, you guys mentioned on the show what we were talking about, which will the living the dream metal fund be in play this year? Hoping it is with, you know, it's two world championships over two years, the Olympics and world championships. It just so happens the payouts are going to be close together, but it's still a two-year bank if you look at it like that. So I know that's, I don't know. I assume that's in play for Gable to be able to go make 50000 You also got to wonder how he feels. Does he feel smaller than he ever has? We don't see him get turned off them. We don't see him in that position. You got to wonder what he's thinking. The guy's confidence has to be through the roof. He's an Olympic champ, no doubt about it. But you got to wonder if he wants time to prepare for those guys again. You know, I think the advantage, no doubt, went to Gable in that um, they haven't seen him before. And anytime you haven't seen somebody before, or as J.O. pointed out, you haven't felt them before, it's so different. You got to wonder if Gable wants to kind of, I feel like, even in Gable's wins, sometimes he wants to get better and you know, he wants to get better from that. And he doesn't want to get taken down and turned again. You got to wonder if the size difference is in his mind at all. You know, I, to be honest, it just, as you were talking, I, I don't know, this just popped in my head and we talk about, you know, we talk about brand yep. and stuff. I mean, talk about, I mean, He's got a lot to lose to go to this world championship. I mean, not, not, I mean, listen, guys, I mean, you're talking, uh, I mean, he just, he just won the, the Olympics. He won the nationals. He's on, he's on this trajectory, right. To maybe go to WWE and be the, the angle of now, let's say he goes in October and he loses right now. Does that, does that, does that, does that, you know, man, does that mess things up a little bit? Um, you know, and I don't know if this is true, and I didn't hear this number, but Willie said today on the show, I heard he that. Heard is that that is freaking. If that's true, I, that is no a hundred. There's no a hundred million. There's no somebody. Somebody added some zeros there. There's yeah, no I, way. I think that's more of like a. I, I heard that, and I it, like I again said out loud, like Willie. There's just no way that's somebody like. <laughs> You know, when somebody asks, when somebody asks, like, you know, oh, a million dollars, a hundred million dollars, it's almost like a figure, like, oh my gosh, they asked him so much, or they offered him so much. I I no doubt think they offered him a lot of money, but it's funny you say that because I just had that conversation with a buddy of mine. Like, he's a WWE fan, and we're talking about Uh marketing and stuff. And I'm like, Gable has the perfect, the perfect story right now. NCAA champion, check. Olympic trials winner, check. Olympian, check. Gold medal, check. Does he have more to lose than gain? You know, look at, put aside the money for a minute. If he's a, if he won the Olympic championship and then goes and win the world championship, let's say that adds 10% value. Does him losing make him lose 20%? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what that's like, but that's exactly the other thing that was in my head. Like, I, I know Gable's confidence. I know where it's at. But that said, does he have enough to gain? You're an Olympic champ. 
you've hit the pinnacle of the sport. I think wrestling right. would be awesome to see Gable keep going. Um, at the same time, kind of tying back into Snyder, it's like Snyder wins a silver medal. Nobody gives him any credit. He either gets all the credit for winning a gold, or if he wins a silver medal, it's uh, Kyle wasn't at his best today. Or uh, he know, was just he was okay. <laughs> right. But but the story that I can remember viewer Willie said it like if Joe Schmo goes and makes the team and goes and get a silver medal celebrations everywhere. When Kyle does it, it doesn't get nearly the, the credit it deserves. So you got to wonder if that's the same thing for Gable. Like if Gable goes and win a world championship, does he gain that much more credibility? Does he gain? Like, I feel like if he goes and wins a world championship two months after winning the Olympics, it's like, of course he's going to win the world championships. I think, and I think that's, I think that could be said too, with David Taylor. Like if David goes and beat Yazdani for the fourth time, are you going to be surprised? I mean, I'm sure the gambling lines no. got to be like, you know, if, if Barstool does lines again for the world championships, I would put David Taylor at probably minus 180 against Yazdani. You know, not, not quite a two to one favorite, but I mean, he's beaten him three times now, but if David lost to Yazdani, then it's like, Ooh, did Yazdani finally figure him out? You know, and yeah, it's, that's why Sad July have thing. I know, <clears throat> you know, there's been back and forth. He's coming, and I saw you. Andy Hamilton said that he had said he was coming, and then I read an article on a Russian website. You know, sometimes how the translation gets really yeah. weird in them articles. So, but it uh, to Diev, the coach made it sound like he wasn't going to come. That he just won Olympic gold, and we wrestle, you know, for Olympic gold and blah, this yeah. and that. So. But he very well could. But to me, same thing like him. I mean, you know, it's there's a coming. Listen, if it's a year away, fine. But you're talking eight weeks from now is the world championships. These guys that are coming off Olympics, the Olympics, and now they're going to go to the worlds is, you know, what is it really? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like you said, it's going to go back to the guys like Abraxan Amos, right? A guys that that's why I say Gilman. There's no there's no way that Thomas Gilman is going to give up his spot at 57 kilograms to somebody else when he could go medal and get himself a shot in the finals next year. You know what I mean? People are forgetting yeah. this. This is still going to have implications for next year's world team trials. If we continue doing what we're doing gold, you're in the finals, you, you make a medal, you're in the semi. So this, this has implications. You told me Thomas Gilman is going to say, Oh no, that's okay. I'm going to go up to 61 or I'm not going to wrestle and I'm going to let Dayton or Soriano or somebody get this spot, go win a medal and then, and then have the sitting. I mean, yeah. look well, at, and, I mean, look at what, no way it's happening. Well, and Willie had asked me on Twitter, I think like, so what happens if Gable sits out and Gwiz goes in medals and now next year at the world team trials, Gable wants to wrestle and somebody tweeted out like, look at, you know, They'll make rules for Gable. Fine. But what will the... I don't know what the World Team Trials criteria is going to be like next year. If you have... If somebody medals at the Olympics but doesn't at the World Championships, does that have any implications? Or it, if they don't take the spot and somebody else medals, do you now hurt yourself for next year? And again, I don't know if it's the right thing or not to do, 
But without USA Wrestling letting you know ahead of time, you can't really make that decision. No, and and what well, I mean, ahead of time, heck, we find out five weeks before <laughs> right. when the event's gonna happen. I mean, geez. But no, to me, I mean, it's the same thing like the Living Dream Fund, right? I mean, that the funds were 2020 funds that the event was wrestled in 2021 due to the pandemic. Yeah. Fine. So it's the same thing. Like just because the Olympics were in 2021, they shouldn't override the 2021 worlds. They never have in the past. The 2016 Olympics didn't override the 2017 worlds. Yep. So to me, we stick with the same thing we've been doing, right? We just keep it the same way. And I'd have to go back and look at the criteria, but I believe going into the 17 worlds, the Olympic, it was the, what happened at the Olympic was a criteria. Once we left 17 and went to 18, the Olympics didn't have anything to do with it. So to me, I mean, we're going to be in 20, 2022 worlds. And we're going to say the 2020 Olympics had something to do with it, which we did do that at trials. Heck at trials. Didn't we go back to four years or some crazy stupid thing? Yeah, it was wild. And you got two years. Yeah, because there was things with and I mean, look, I think part of the reason the the blessing and the curse or maybe part of the rhyme or reason as to why USA Wrestling does it this way is they can make the rules based on what happens at the world championships as they go. (laughs) So, you know, it's kind of like. I can't remember there, there was a good case of that with the trials, but, you know, it is what it is. I think for me, one of the reasons I was so happy when guys like Taylor and Slender started saying they they are going to go, one concern I had that I don't think a lot of people are thinking about, a lot of guys came on this podcast after NCAAs and said they weren't going to wrestle for a little bit because the dang COVID protocols were so taxing and exhausting It wasn't worth it. So I did have a slight fear that with how much testing and everything is going on with COVID, is that going to tire somebody out and say, I need a break, this daily testing, this, you know, whatever, is that going to deter people? It doesn't sound like it's going to. So I was glad. I wouldn't have been surprised if somebody said, I just got COVID tested every day for a month. I'm done. I need a break for three weeks. You know, it's like. You're right. I mean, I know for sure, 100% fact. I mean, there's a multiple time NCAA All-American um, who, you know, who, I mean, he as of now, he's coming back, but he had contemplating, you know, contemplated not coming back yeah. due to that. I mean, there were some, you know, um, you know, he had got the virus, had some complications, had to go through some things and, and different testing and wear different, you know, monitors and this and that. And it was just a, a total, you know, it, it was not what he was expecting. And it's just like, do you want to come back and do that all again? And I think everybody thought, you know, we were going to be past all this when the next season started. And here we are in August and it's sounding like, you know, out there again, they're talking about this variant. Now there's going to be another variant. And, and, you know, I just hope we can, you know, just, just keep it moving and, and let people, uh, you know, have their own personal responsibility and, and, and handle it the own way that they feel, you know, and I mean, right. Instead of making all these rules and, and telling everybody, you can't do this, you can't do that. You can't do this. You can do that. It's like, listen, if, I mean, not everybody skydives, right. I've skydived. I don't mind skydiving. Not everybody's going to do it. Right. Well, Never. not everybody's going to want to get a shot. Not everybody's going to want to wear a mask. Not everybody. You know what I mean? It's our personal choice. You never I, skydived before. 
No, I, I don't think no. I could. But, you know, it's funny <laughs> because it, I don't like getting into Twitter battles with people because Twitter is such a terrible place to argue. But you're seeing all these like I, I did tweet one thing because, you know, Novogratz said that, you know, anybody who doesn't get the vaccine is politicizing it. And I had put like, no, I'm not surprised that these athletes are cautious about what they're putting into their bodies. I don't care how you feel about vaccines. My wrestling coach growing up was like a huge advocate of the flu shot. I said, whatever. I got a flu shot every year. Didn't care. Whatever. When my wife and I had a miscarriage a year and a half ago and the doctor was, you know, going through, okay, you might, you guys might have to have fertility testing and this and that. Well, they didn't even advise getting the vaccine. So it's like, I know people who have immune diseases, kidney failure, this and that you really probably shouldn't take this yet or trying to get pregnant. Well, what's the, what's the side effects of people who are pregnant taking it, you know, and you see this one side argument, like I understand the argument for a vaccine, but Twitter lately is so, and Twitter can be so toxic always, but around that topic, especially there's so much, just um, there's so much contention that mm -hmm. you got to wonder these guys behind the scenes, how it's taking a toll on them, whether or not they're vaccinated, whether or not they're getting pressure to get vaccinated. It's, it's it a wild you know, time. I, my, my own doctor here in New Jersey, he, you know, I'm healthy. Don't have any, you know, yeah. anything wrong, no complications that to worry about. So, I mean, he said, Hey, wait, you know, I had to take it. Cause I'm a doctor. They made me. He's like, but, yeah. um, you know, wait, he's like, once they're giving it to the kids for a year, wait a couple of years. And once they figure out, sure. you know, more stuff than, Hey, if it's still around, then, you know, maybe you'll want to get it. He's like, but until then I, I wouldn't advise it, you know? So yeah, it is what it is. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I was in Iowa last week at the uh, Seabolt camp, which was amazing. Yeah. I spent a week out there. Um, and actually, I leave tomorrow, actually. I go back to Des Moines. I'm doing uh, that stalemate street league. I'm going to commentate that this weekend. So i um, going to go to my first Iowa State Fair, um, possibly this week. Uh, maybe get an hour or two to run in there. And See, that's why you got to be on Instagram. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, are you even at a state fair if it's not on Instagram? That's uh, you're probably right. So finishing up some of these Olympic storylines, you know, I guess I'll ask you what I put out on the poll, which is the top three stories, in my opinion, of the Olympics were Gable winning gold, David winning gold and Tamara winning gold. And, you know, I sat there thinking. What was like weighting them one, two, three. And it's interesting because each one kind of has like tomorrow went from 16,000 followers. to I think earlier she was at like 125,000 followers. She also got the sport of wrestling so much publicity. Her, her um, post-match interview and her infectious positivity and her personality just had so much like, um, patriotism it was awesome to see that and everything's wrestler wrestler mm -hmm. second woman first black woman to ever win in wrestling you saw this constantly there was so much so much attention on wrestling in a good light usually when like wrestling gets mainstream attention it's negative it's mm -hmm. you know the ambulance chaser style of reporting or it's like this tragedy happened this whatever to have that much like 
aside from just what she did on the mat, and I think somebody even tweeted this too, and I completely agree with them. Like what she did off the mat definitely makes her one of the absolute biggest stories of wrestling, if not of all the Olympics. Hundred percent. I mean, she's she's a personality, right? She's energetic. Um, she just draws people in. Um, yep. Yeah, I've seen her interview, and she's saying that. I've seen Carrie Underwood actually like retweet yeah. her video, which is huge, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, even at my neighborhood here, you know, people know I'm a wrestling guy, so people, you know, because you know, heck, they played, they replayed the, you know, they would play the session, and it would end in the morning, and then they would play it again and again in the afternoon. So a yeah. lot of people saw wrestling, and you know, a lot of people saw what Gable did, and and uh, you know, people remember remember that forever, and uh, and. Like Willie said today, I think in 2024, we we even get more exposure. I think we're totally. we're starting to get more mainstream. I think when uh, when the viewing numbers come out, like last year, Big Ten Network, we blew it out. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I think you're going to find these Olympic numbers are going to be unbelievable. So hopefully, you know, we're going to get into, what are we going to be, five, six hours in 2024, time change, probably different between Paris. Yeah, so, I think it's five um, hours. Five hours. So depending on session times, right, we had like 12 hours. So we could be early morning here. So um, and hopefully, you know, we get more primetime slots for wrestling. And and this year, I mean, there's no way that it, it didn't uh, it didn't do great numbers. I mean, no, everybody I, was seemed to be watching. Yeah, I had friends text me and, and tell me, you know, like they would they would like Gable's match. So like that was the best ending. I didn't know wrestling was so exciting. Like it was cool that they were paying attention without being told to pay attention. It was naturally getting covered. It was naturally creating that excitement that I think with the Olympics, I, I was, I was in Boston when it started or when the Olympics were on not wrestling. Mm -hmm. And um, Carly Lloyd's a friend of mine. She's been a client of mine. So we walked into the hotel and I turned the end of her game on. And after it was over, I just left it on. And whatever sport came on, came on. And it was on as I worked for the next couple hours. And I think that happens with wrestling. But if you don't know the rules, it's not always that exciting. You have to love wrestling. Gable's finish is one of the most exciting finishes to a match ever that I have seen. And it happened on the absolute biggest stage. Like, that was perfect for wrestling. Like, I, for me, that was my story of the entire Olympics, not even just wrestling. That, to me, was the biggest story of the Olympics. I think so, too. I mean, it got – and, you know, and like you said, it's the Olympics, right? So even let's say you're a volleyball guy or you're a basketball guy or whatever, you're tuning in, you're watching, everybody, right, wants USA to win, right? And yeah. then you you get that, you know, dramatic – exciting oh my gosh ending right and i think that like you said that's what people are going to remember right so now you know next year they'll tune in and hopefully it's you know exciting and exciting hopefully they don't you know turn on the tv and it happens to be greco and two guys are just holding <laughs> each other <laughs> no but we got to change the greco rules a little bit um i think I, we got to go back to the clinch maybe go back to force partier um because i don't I don't know what the answer is to Greco, but I watched it and I just, I can't get into it. I, we, Chenzo and Eric Thompson, I talked about it last week and I said, you guys are both coaches. What do you think we can do as a country to get better? They don't really have any answers and neither should they. I'm like, that's not their forte, whatever, but right. 
yeah, the, the freestyle is so exciting. And I don't think, and this is a problem for like wrestling as a whole, if you talk about growing the sport, if you were to say to an average person, wrestling's on, and that average person thinks they're going to maybe get Gable or Burroughs or whoever, mm-hmm. they're never going to say to you, is it freestyle or Greco that's on? They think it's all the nope. same. Mm-hmm. It's just wrestling's on. They don't know what the difference is between Greco and freestyle. Nope. And if you say that walking through a grocery store or through something, somebody else hears it, they're going to think it's WWE 90% of the time, you know? And uh, that's what Jeanette, you know, we first met and she's always, you know, telling friends, you know, Oh, he's in wrestling. And and I said, you know, half those people think I'm like some WWE WWE (laughs) guy I'm sitting there you know smashing Budweiser cans off my head and watching guys jump (laughs) off the top rope you know I mean she's like you think I'm like yes I know that's what they think you know but it's now becoming more mainstream and and uh you know I think it's I think it's great and I think uh you know I just wish we could somehow some way figure out how to do a a pro league in our country right i don't know if we're gonna have to if we're gonna have to rtc it if we're gonna have to i don't know how we're gonna have to do it but it's something that has to in my mind we have to figure it out we have to figure out a way to to make it sustainable we have to figure out a way to 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 make it happen and i don't know if if maybe the rtcs are the way maybe maybe the nil helps us get there you know i don't know some of these athletes start getting sponsored and, and maybe then we move, we move those sponsors to the pro league, you know, trip, you know, move them over. Cause they're the college athlete that, Hey, they were sponsored in college. And then, Hey, now we're going to do this pro league. And now the sponsors trickle over. Cause that's where we're missing it in the pro league. I mean, we have to have the sponsorship is where, as you know, right. It's going to be advertising and sponsorship. That's going to carry the league. And- if you're going to have one. And the college where wrestling has the biggest audience is the casual fan. The casual fan tunes into NCAAs, roots for Penn State, roots for Iowa, roots for whatever school they're going to. And every year, even after the guys graduate, I remember after David Taylor graduated, you know, I worked with him for years on his brand and social and, and this and that. And one of the things that was a great piece of content he put out was before final X was at Penn state, it was explaining the rules to people of freestyle because these Penn state fans have never watched freestyle before they're college wrestling fans. They don't know. And I think if you, if I'm sponsoring a guy, if I'm sponsoring Yanni and there's going to be an RTC duel, that's huge for me because now I know he doesn't have to be in a Cornell singlet. So he can wear a bash singlet. So that's more mm-hmm. exposure. That's more of an opportunity to work together. So I think you're going to see, I think if we ever did see a pro league, my take, and I could be hundred percent wrong. I think it would evolve from the RTC cards. I think you're going to see more and more RTC cards. And then if it works and if it can be monetized and if everything goes well with it, then that can migrate into something. But I hope we start to see some of these pro leagues or RTC cards. It's interesting well, this year because I, f- I feel like maybe, maybe we'll see some of the next couple of months. I've heard from a few coaches that they're working on something. 
we're um, going to get some. Yeah. And I think without the world team trials, we might have seen them even quicker, maybe. But mm-hmm. I still think once the world team trials are over, you only got, you know, 10 men's freestyle guys that are making the team, 10 women on the team. The rest are open for cards. So, yep. I end hope of September, yep. end of September through mid October or so, we should get some for sure. Um, you know, it's interesting too because. You know, when we talk about brands and it's like, yeah, I'm with you. We're going to have to do it to the RTC, right? Because the Penn State fans, I mean, they love David Taylor and he's great. But once he graduates, they don't care if Taylor David is the guy. They don't care if yeah. Jason Smith. They, it's, they follow the brand. It doesn't yeah. matter who Spencer Lee is there or DeSanto or next it's going to be Drake Ayala, right? It does The name, yeah. it's they follow the brand of Iowa wrestling. So if we can attach these RTCs to to the brand, right? Our Penn state RTC. Now you're grabbing those fans because listen, they're not, they're following the, the brand. I mean, that's where we lost in the NIL. People think it's, it's me. It's, it's Corby. That's going to go get the money. No, no, it's, it's, I'm nobody without my brand of my school. So everybody kind of follows, you know what I mean? They're going to sell out no matter what, you know, the big programs, right? The Penn States, the Iowa, it doesn't matter the name. So, as long as, like you said, if we can tie them to the RTCs and then trickle down, I think that's where that's where we can make it happen. And then the sponsors will go with us, right? From maybe the guys from college, then they'll stay with their sponsorship through RTC, and then we do. So hopefully, in five years down the road, that this NIL can help, and then you know push us over the top to a pro league. Yeah, and you know when I work with these senior level athletes, and now I get to start working with these college athletes. I tell them the college wrestling gives you the most relevance you'll have throughout your career, arguably, even after you win Olympic gold, there's nothing like college wrestling. That is where the biggest wrestling audience is Mm -hmm. from there. The next, like the next biggest group of senior level wrestling fans is the diehards. You're getting up, you're staying up all through Tokyo you know, for me, it was stay up from 10 to 132, get up at 445, get ready 515 to nine, then go, you know, do my work all throughout the day. The gap in the group of fans in between the college wrestling fan and the person staying up for international tournaments is so small. The smallest group of wrestling fans out there is the gap in between the casual wrestling fan and the international diehard. There's not that big of a pool. So if these college casual fans, if we can get those into that pool of maybe you don't watch the international tournaments, maybe you don't stay up all night, but you'll pay 10 bucks to Rockfin to watch these cards. You'll pay for this. You'll pay for that. Because once you say like, okay, I want to start following what Roman Bravo Young does next. Well, you're not going to stay up if he's competing in Belarus if you're just a casual college fan and you want to just see how he does, you're going to wait for highlights or whatever else. Like you're just, so I think it'd be great if we could bring that casual fan over and kind of carry them into the senior level career. I do too. I mean, you look at, you go to the NCAA tournament, we get 20,000 fans. Right. And, and then a few weeks later we have the open, right. And we could have, we could have nine national champions in one weight class and there's a thousand people there. 
You know what I mean? Where, where at the NCAA tournament, everybody's there. It's about the school. It's about the brand and everybody's there rooting them on. Now, two weeks later, you could have four national champions that just won and, you know, and then seven others, like, you know, we'll have weights with nine, 10 national champs in them. And, and just the diehards, like you said, we need to somehow bridge that gap. Right. And if we can, even like you said, even if, even if you can just grab a small percentage of those people and drag them over, yeah, you know, and I think we're doing it slowly with, yeah. you know, you read the Penn state boards and I mean, these people, I mean, freestyle wrestling to them five years ago was a foreign language. Okay. Yep. Penn state wrestling fans had a gut wrench. Well, he locked his hands. That's a point. You know, <laughs> they think like they had, they had no clue. Right. And so now, like you said, David taught them kind of let him, and now they're really engaged in it. Right. There, this is a, there's a second wrestling season now for the Nittany lion fans. Right. And, yep. and they're getting in it. Right. And Iowa, it's always been that way. So the more programs we can build, the more RTCs to where we can, make these fans realize that wrestling's 11 months long, <laughs> right? We right. compete for 11 months. And, and a lot of people don't understand that. And once more people do, um, it'll be amazing. I'd like us to, my opinion, and I, I know as a Penn State, you know, uh, fans and, and whatever aren't going to like to hear this. And don't get me wrong, they, they missed an opportunity to prove themselves at the Olympic trials. So I kind of feel bad for them. But <laughs> Until we grow this, to me, just all trials are at Carver. I mean, it's packed every time, okay? And that's how we're going to grow the sport, right? And like I said, Penn State, I think right now, would do the exact same thing. And in 20, you know, with the with the virus, they missed an opportunity. But that's what we need, right, in the offseason, in the freestyle to to grow it, right? We can't we can't take trials to freaking to Texas and have a 1,000 people. That's not – we can't do that. I know, and that's why, like – as I strategize with our group of athletes and try to figure, okay, how to take these Olympic storylines and now leverage them into continuing, you know, the next step in the next phase. And kind of, for me, it's watching people who are texting me like, wow, what an exciting finish of the match. How can we get them to tune in to things more regularly? You don't have to be a diehard fan. You don't have to tune into the junior world championships in Russia at 2 a.m. That's an extreme, but tune into the next Rockfin card of the NLWC tune into this. And I think if we can bridge the gap with some of those college fans and, you know, I think now that these athletes have more incentive to build their brand and share their story, hopefully they have more. If you look at Iowa, like Iowa wrestlers have done a terrible job historically of marketing themselves now Terrible. you're seeing them come on and i remember when marinelli came on the podcast i literally like the conversation is archived i explained to him why he should be on social and he joined like the next day you know it's just these guys are now having more incentive to do it which i think will help the casual fan to build that direct relationship and now i can follow you and see what you're doing because it's very hard to say okay i'm a rutgers fan Wait, what do you mean Sebastian Vero is wrestling for Puerto Rico? Wait, what? I thought he wrestled for Rutgers. So if you follow the athletes, so I think these athletes having their having their accounts be up to date and active with what's going on, I think that only only helps the sport by far. 
may have personalized the relationship, right? So the fans kind of feel like they know you, yet they don't. You know what I'm saying? That's how yeah. Twitter, to me, I mean, there's so many people on Twitter that, you know, I mean, heck, people, I mean, there's people that, you know, probably been friends for years and have communications and, and tell people some things that they wouldn't tell others that have never met face to face. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that yeah. it's, it's 100%. through, it's through Twitter. It's communication. I mean, I've never met you face to face and, and, right. you know, we, we communicate, you know, not, right. not, I wouldn't say every day, but regularly. No, but we you also know? trust each other with secrets. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, like, you're right. 100%. That, and, and, and that's like you, you start building relationships. And I think that's, the wrestlers doing this will be big. And I hope after we, we had a very successful Olympics and I hope that these wrestlers now, I don't suspect they all will. I know some aren't going to, but I'm going to encourage everyone that I talk to like Gilman, get on your website. Let's get a blog out. Let's get that out. Let's get, you know, people sharing your story. Gilman Let's- needs to. Gilman needs yeah. to, I mean, there's so much, there's so much out there right now for Thomas Gilman, right? Um, you yeah. know, just so many storylines. I mean, I could sit here and name five or six of them. I mean, to get, you know, I mean, that's, that's one. I know you're gonna, you know, Chenzo got that, that uh, full-time gig now, and it's going to be hard. I know for him probably to get on with you as much as you would like. So yeah. I know you may go back to focusing on, you know, more, some interviews and different things in the future. So, I mean, that's a guy there. I mean, you have ties to as well that, I mean, be a great interview, right? And that's one of the reasons I started this podcast to begin with is I've had so many, I had had a just over hour long conversation with David Carr yesterday on the phone. I wish we would have just hit the record button because there was some (laughs) stuff we couldn't share, but just like there's some things about him that, are so encouraging that he needs and, and not everybody wants to. One of the things that Dave and I were talking about specifically is that I've given a lot of wrestlers the ability to share about their faith on this podcast. That's not mm-hmm. something everybody's going to go out and just post and say like, mm-hmm. Hey guys, I want to tell you about, you know, what was going through my head with this and that. And I think to, to help these wrestlers tell their stories and to give them a platform to do so, is why I started the podcast. And Chenzo and I have had so much fun, and I don't think he's going anywhere. I think it's going to be harder. He's got a full-time job now. He's on the other coast. It'll definitely be less than it was, but I'm excited to try to get some of these people more and more on the podcast and share these stories because these stories are what draws people in. These stories help make the connection to wrestling personal and to make the connection to the wrestler personal. So the more stories, the better. No, hundred percent. I agree. I, I actually had a same a similar thing happen to me. Um, I was standing on the Fargo floor and happened to be right next to BJ Futrell, who I've, you know, known a little bit, watched yeah. grow up in Illinois when I lived there. And, you know, so got to see him come up as a kid and, and we just started talking about, you know, his new job and philosophies and, and, you know, uh, you know, how, you know, how are you going to coach a kid? I just had different questions for him and it was, it was a great, actually Earl was standing there with us and it was a great conversation. And, and when we got done, I was like, man, I wish I would have just had the camera and, and had you right. record that Earl. Cause it was just a, a great conversation, but it's, it's, you know, sometimes though, you know, it's better, right. You, you, to have those personal conversations off camera and, and learn a little bit about, about, 
you know, what people have to say. And, you know, like you said, as you and I, right, it's like, we don't know each other personally, but you know, we, we DM back and forth, we talk, we share secrets and it's like, Hey, that's how you build a relationship. You know, you tell me something and, and then, you know, you never hear it again or nobody. It's like, Oh, well, I can trust this guy. Right. He didn't say nothing or same thing with you. And that's how relationships are built. Right. I mean, through coaches, right. You may get on with a coach. He may tell you a little tidbit and it's like, zip, not saying a word and it never gets out. And it's like, you know, and now they, you know, now they know, Hey, I can trust this guy. He's not going to run and tell everybody everything. And, and that's how relationships are built. And, you know, like we were talking earlier about, you know, me being, you know, Corby and who I am in the wrestling world. And that's how a lot of it has been, you know, just been around for years and always there. Right. I mean, guys turn around, Oh, there's that, you know, and that's like, you keep seeing that familiar face over and over and over. And, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's just how relationships get built in this, uh, you know, in this sport. And, um, it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm so thankful for the sport and I know, I know you are as well. It's the best. And I think the more you, the more you give and less you take, the even better it gets. So, all right, Corby. Hey, we've been rolling. Yeah, we've been rolling. I know. You ready you... to? Uh, this is my what I've been on four <laughs> hours almost today yeah. of podcasting. I'm gonna let you go. Thank you for right. hopping on. This was fun. We'll do it again soon, guys. Tweet yep. us. Go follow Corby if you don't already. Um, yep. Engage with us. Let us know your thoughts. We're by no means like right about everything. This is just our opinion. Yeah. So feel free to to share yours, and hopefully we can have a nice dialect and. I think the more conversation, the better. So, all right, Corby, go rest your voice, man. We'll talk later. All right, buddy. We'll see you next time. All All right. right. See ya. Guys, you see this? Cookies and cream. Yes, that's right. Guys, this episode is also brought to you by our friends at UCAN. They've been exploding through the wrestling community as a fan favorite for nutrition products. And if you've tried them, you know why. An important way to optimize your athletic performance and fitness is to eat and fuel foods that help regulate blood sugar. It's key for your metabolism to work effectively. Most sports energy products are filled with sugar or fast carbs to give you a quick flash of energy that's short-lived. You've heard me talk about amino energy and how it gives me a huge spike and then a huge crash. You can gives me sustained energy throughout the day. So I switched up from amino energy to you can because of that. I was taking amino energy a couple times a day, would have big spikes in the morning after lunch, and then I had no energy. And I was even sleeping bad. And when Nick Lee was on here, Nick and Chenzo both agreed. Part of the reason I'm probably not sleeping good is because I'm consuming that junk that is amino energy. So you can energy. You can's patented ingredient super starch has the remarkable ability to provide a steady release of energy without spiking blood sugar levels. For athletes, controlling blood sugar is key to optimizing focus, performance, and recovery. Even if you're not an athlete, I would encourage you to try this stuff because I'm a 35-year-old guy. I'm about to have a kid. We're young in our marriage. I want to have energy. I don't want to be lazy. So I need to exercise. I need to stay in shape. And this stuff helps. So even if you're not an athlete, if you're sitting at home saying, I'm not an athlete, this might not be for me, wrong. This is for you. If you have a pulse, this product is for you. And you can try a variety of different products with You Can Super Starch to balance your blood sugar from energy powders, gels, and bars, Trigonola and almond butter. Check out our favorites at youcan.co, ucan.co slash Chenzo. No H in that. Pronounced Senzo. He's not here to defend himself, but it is Chenzo. You no, know, C E N Z O. Promo code Chenzo, 20% on your order. Go to youcan.co slash Chenzo. Save 20% on your entire order. 
It's promo code Chenzo. I also believe you get free shipping too. So thank you, you can for sponsoring the show. And the beat goes on.